and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the first of our pantomime specials, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We saw this production at Nottingham Theatre Royal on the 6th of January 2023, with a stellar cast featuring much-loved and top-selling comedian Joe Pasquale as Muddles, Step singer Faye Tozer as the Wicked Queen, David Robbins as the Dame, Jamal Kane Crawford as the Prince, Lucy Island as Snow White, and Natalia Brown plays the Spirit of Pantomime. So Stephen, what's it all about? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs will be spectacularly brought to life with an abundance of comedy, sensational song and dance numbers, fabulous costumes and stunning scenery. Throw in a magical mirror, seven friendly dwarves, a beautiful princess, a handsome prince, and plenty of audience participation. And you have the perfect recipe to outwit the Wicked Queen and let love prevail in this glittering festive treat for all ages. But first, our post-show opinion! Mirror, mirror on the wall, was this the poorest panto of them all? Yes. You know what? I think I should have bit that poison apple. So with all that said, let's set Set the the scene. So Richard, shall we go into it? Would you like to set the scene? If you remember. (laughs) Yeah, so when you walked into Nottingham Theatre Royal, which we've become very quite, I'd say we're quite familiar with the setup of the auditorium now. It's very Victorian in its style. And what you were presented with was a a view of... God, that's horrendous. God, a view of God. A view of God. A view of God. He was on stage. He was in the mirror. What? what, The paper? (laughs) <laughs> We're writing oh. a panto already. Okay, so what you walked into was a a star curtain surrounded the whole of the the stage area. A what star curtain? Oh, a star curtain. Yeah, so a star curtain, which is basically, it's not really a technical thing, but it's actually just a big black cloth with little LEDs lights put into it, so it all looks like stars, and that's that's how they yeah. they sort of set the whole scene of the theatre stage. And you had a almost a frame of just very ornate, I'd say, classic fairy tale, like edging of a border of a of a, of a nice story. So it was like you mm. know the the stuff they'd use in a in a storybook. So and and it was almost the front of a storybook in the middle, which just lit literally had Snow White projected onto the front just to enhance the wording, really. So it's pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah, and it was all lit with coloured lights, so it looked different to when we've been in there before. So the actual auditorium itself had gobo lights everywhere just to make it feel different to what we'd seen before. And that was all right. That was okay. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. It was building us up little by yeah, little. Yeah, it, it was what you expected from a panto to have the almost... the It's, it's almost the front of the book before it opens. And it's like, that's the whole point of a panto. You're telling a, a well, classic... Story, yeah, quite like story, that. T- story, and that's that's you know what you expect really. Yeah, I suppose we've talked about a lot of productions in the past referencing the pantomime stage in a way because. Like Have Book we? of Mormon, for example, oh, the, the right, way yeah. it's actually set, and and I think Stephen saw it as well. When you've seen Book of Mormon and then you watch this, you can see that it's very built up in tab- layers. Like built the up scenes, in layers, yeah. The, the actual yeah. productions built up in layers with front curtain, front tabs that actually block out the entire stage, but they're actually a travelling scene, or you're moving across into a wood, or you you. It's just it. 
yes, it's actually to give them a time to actually change the set behind, but there's always something happening on a smaller part of the stage or a full stage, or there's always, it's always a, a the way they you know generally do a production like this. It's very traditional in its sense of theatre, really. Yeah, and I suppose um, what we would normally do is talk about the directing and the writing, but I feel with this one we might have to talk more about the characters because it's difficult to go on to the directing in, unless we've it, talked about the characters. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, definitely. It's, you know it's what I mean? a different way around in this it one, is. I'm thinking. It is, yeah. Or the writing of it. So the scene was set, and then in came all the seven dwarves singing hi-ho. Hi-ho, it's off the work that we go, or whatever. Hi-ho. It was, it was very and, Disney cliche. Yeah, and yeah. then um, a mirror came up from the stage, and it spun around... And actually, there was um, some pyrotechnics uh, sparked off because it made everyone jump. Do you remember? Yes, it did. That's yeah. right. And then they just did a little backstory of uh, what's happened with the evil witch. Yeah, I suppose this is where we could talk about the entrance of the mirror, really, because when you walked in, you didn't really notice that at the front of the stage there was actually a, a hidden chamber, but like a, a box thing built into the the musician's pit. Yeah. That basically it was a, a framed mirror that was on a hydraulic arm that came out of the smoke machine and things like that to make it look almost like it was floating in midair. So it came out of the front. But it was actually, I'm not giving, this, this doesn't give anything away, it was a very big TV with a frame around it, so it showed a video while the cast were behind it to mm. tell the story of Snow White. Yeah, it was once upon a time, basically. And then we cut after that to uh, the Royal Palace grounds, and then we're introduced to Snow White, aren't we? After watching it, I don't know about you, but I just feel that it never sort of matched the story of Snow White no, too I think, much. No, I, I mean, they had the elements of the cliched parts of the production were all the elements of the Snow White story. However, I want to say it felt a little rushed and almost a little empty with the story. I think it also comes down to the characters. I think the characters were also like um, underwritten and underused yeah, because and it's right. very yeah, rare. Exactly. Not very rare. It's, um, we never got to see much interaction with the Seven Dwarves and we never seemed to um, understand much of each core role. Yeah, and I think that sort of said quite a lot for the actual production as a whole. There was a lot of times where you felt cast members appeared on stage in the costumes as the characters. Mm. At the right time, maybe, but there wasn't much interaction. There wasn't much dialogue. It was almost like, we've done that scene, move on to the next. I think what happened as well with the writing, they'd played with the story, but it hadn't improved it. It had confused Mm. it, I think. That's the thing. Yeah, like, there wasn't really a a plot that... I mean, it's weird, because sometimes you can, like, switch off from the plot because it's a panto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You still need, like, a narrative or why they're doing things and where they're going. And, And half the time throughout this production, I felt like, what's the whole point again what's going on yeah and i think i think also the snow white story is a very loose story it's not very strong in its storytelling style there's not a lot in it as one story see i I, you've which but for me you've got to then flesh it out and create something to make it a stronger story i just think the storytelling wasn't there there was wasted opportunities i think I get a bit confused between uh, Snow White and uh, Sleeping Beauty. I mean, I yes, love Sleeping Beauty, very, yeah. but it's uh, the whole, um, you have to kiss um, the girl to wake her up. At the end of the day, in premise, they're very similar in story plot lines. Yeah. They, everything, you know, the prick of the finger is the same as the poisoned apple. It's and the, the witch is in the wardrobe. It's, it's, it's like it's, dwarves it's, in it's, the wardrobe. It's, yeah, it's, it's all very similar. It's, it's very linear. There's not a lot of dark and light and shade in this. There's, you know, it's almost mild well, threat rather than... Yeah, I mean, it's not Chekhov, is it? I that, mean... 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a panto, but still, you you need a uh, plot. Yeah, you do to and follow. It's and, almost, but also, I think it's you need a commitment to tell that story as much and, and as big and good and as bright and dreamy as you can do because at the end of the day you're telling a basic story but like most children's stories they don't always have a big plot and the children love it because it's a classic story that they've heard before or they've seen and and you've got chance with that to then have fun in all the pockets that there isn't a story you've got time to play with the characters a little bit yeah but i think with this it got a bit long-winded and uh too many fart gags or whatever that you sort of lost whereabouts i am in the plot it's yeah like, exactly what's happening but there next? was no there was no like for me the wasted opportunity of the the fairy of panto land that was there well there exactly no, i don't know why she was there at all there was there was they didn't seem any reason but they could have actually written more for her to actually be the narrator to actually explain and, and bring you through the scenes in a fairy godmother way and it just didn't have that and I think and this is what I think my issue with this uh, production is when it comes to the writing because they've had two famous people be Jay Pasquale and Faye Tozer be those uh, principal roles of Muddles and also Lucretia with Muddles and Jay Pasquale he takes over the role of Dame and also sort of uh, pushes stuff along with um, the the fairy so therefore you've got these extra characters that don't really bring anything because Jay Pasquale is just about on stage and doing far too much like the dame comes on yeah he's brilliant costumes and stuff but you don't really get that much comedy out of him because Jay Pasquale is overshadowing him and doing all that instead of just being the the silly muddled guy that he is and as much as I mean one thing I'd like to talk about at the moment I I do feel that this was actually a rushed production as in each half was about 45 minutes as in rushed in the sense of they rushed the storyline Oh, I felt so like I sat through it longer. But yeah, it felt like that. But when you actually look at it as a as a piece, they spent more time on the Joe Pasquale jokes and things like that mm. than the actual structure of the panto. Yeah, it was yeah. more about it was less about the panto and more about the bits in between where there's a comedian rather than the actual whole story. And that's what created a disconnect from it being a true panto. And, and also, I add, add, add in there the fact that there was a disconnect a little bit with the audience uh, participation because where they wanted it it wasn't given because I think from the very beginning it was like difficult to interact yes it was because they like sometimes they had no time for it or they they didn't jolly everybody up straight away like wait we're going on this great big fun journey it's panto land come on let's get with it and it it just didn't Uh, and I think as well they struggled to break the fourth wall and the whole point of panto is to break down that fourth wall and rip it up and, I think and was, interact that, with the audience. Remember, yeah. there's children in the room. Yeah, you know. for, for that, I think there's two parts. There's the bit where interacting with the kids or whatever yeah. and hold, uh, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. Nudge, nudge towards the audience yeah, yeah, members. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's that. But also, I think when they broke a line, yeah. they laughed. But I think they just kept it on the stage to themselves. Yeah, and they almost threw the chance away to expand that and bring the audience in more because th- they like wasted I think, opportunities yeah, I, I a think, lot of the time. I think, um, like, Joe Pasquale, I think he did more so of that. Yes, he did. Everyone else did. felt serious. He did. Um, he, he was more... He was more on it and aware of that audience out there that he could react to, I think. 
Yeah. What about the other characters? I think for me, I mean, we saw uh, Snow White was actually played by the understudy. So oh, that's true. initially her entrance, I don't know what had happened, but there was uh, her entrances, her sound levels were a lot lower and it was either a oh, microphone issue. Oh, when she sang issue, whistle while you were. But it was yeah. either a microphone issue or it was her projection because there was times where I couldn't tell if it was the way she wasn't projecting enough for the microphones to pick her up. She was almost relying on the microphones to pick her up when she was talking and and singing and I think I think it was down to the individual as I well think it, because yeah. there I was a bit think, of both I think sometimes I don't know if she needed to be taken I don't think she gave much welly when it came to no. to singing her first song and I think song. it was last minute that she yeah. took the role on which you know at that time but she should have used it as a chance to she shine she warmed into and it and later yeah, even, yeah but, eventually yeah. further down the line she did but I just think at, at the start she seemed to sap some energy out of the production a little because she was probably taking time to, to get everything out You know, something that sapped the energy out of me whilst watching this was the actual roles of all of them now whilst i've talked about like muddles taking over the role of like dame and the limelight out of them you've also got the prince william of west bridgeford now he's supposed to be like your prince charming and everything yeah. but there was little interaction and it's quite lackluster uh, really i felt yeah and how you're supposed to care for him and like i think we said he supposed to come on like a bit of a swagger like, i am the, the prince and i think I they felt the like there was no pomp and circumstance of his entrances and it was not very prince like there was no he didn't have an entourage there was no pompous prince that you expect it was very it just felt like he's there there. it just felt like he was there on stage at the point he needed to be yeah and he turned up on time but there wasn't actually a lot going off and it, it just it felt like is this actually the prince or is this the prince in waiting sort of waiting a long time yeah you know and i think that didn't help well there wasn't much about him there wasn't a lot of presence you know it no. may be that he didn't have many lines because he didn't really say a lot to be fair no and, and it was and near was the no, end of the run yeah I exactly but still yeah and then i do think i know it was the end of the run but i do think all of them fell into the trap of being quite flat in their performances a little yeah I actually wonder they rewritten the part of the storyline because uh, Snow White's supposed to bite the apple and he's supposed to um, resurrect her, shall we say, by giving her a kiss. But they did it the other way around, so it kind of makes me wonder why, by making him take the apple and fallen asleep then she had to be the hero to kiss him it just made him and the male role sort of a, a bit weak yeah now that's probably controversial in this day and age because it's all about empowering the woman why can't the woman kiss the man to wake him up but that was his role that's that's the reason why he's there to save mm. the day and without him having that albeit small stereotypical role he was pointless and useless and there was no need for him as that otherwise it's just like a caricature walk on part but also changing that in turn changed the entire premise of the story the whole point of the snow white story is the poison apple was to aim to kill snow white so that then the evil queen became the fairest of them all yeah but by the prince doing it it left the queen's role pointless it was like she was never going to gain that fairest of them all because the prince was now dead and then she never attempt then to kill snow white again so we've just ended the storyline by doing that because the queen's never going to achieve what yeah. Whereas it normally ends with the queen getting what she wants, so she she goes on that fact, and then all of a sudden you you get the wake up and the kiss to wake Snow White up, 
mm. which then breaks that spell again, and then she doesn't become the fairest of them all in the end. Whereas that had already been ended because the prince bit the apple. So it was like... But I think that's why they changed the plot to, to but fit But it felt like that. such a weird no, change of is, plot. It didn't really... Yeah, but didn't. the reason why, um, she wanted to kill Snow White so she could marry the prince and become his... But it bride. just felt like a weak, right, change no, but, of, you but, know... By him eating the apple and him being dead, it was like, well, that's that then. I don't and need that, to kill yeah, her over. anymore. Well, and it's it. over. It's all it's over, like, yeah. It's like, it just felt like, oh, is this the shocking rewrite? Because it doesn't actually... Yeah, it's it not was... as strong as the original, in a way, you know. Well, well that's true, yeah, because... Well, I don't know where I was going with that one, to be fair. If you mess too much, you can get lost in the way you've changed something. You wanted the dynamics believe... of the original yeah. core principal cast and yeah, not the, the characters, yeah. rather. Because they all play a significant part. And, and I think, as a writer, you can convince yourself that, no, this is going to work, and this is yeah. right, this is fine. And you can believe it so much, and then there's no sitting back going... Does it really make sense? Because well, this know. this whole thing didn't really make sense because even the fairy who's like the narrator, the narration came down a lot in the writing given to Muddles or Queen Lucretia as yeah, well. You definitely, know, they were telling their plans, and it was very rare that the fairy came in to move the plot along. Exactly. Or update it. I mean, she spoke in rhyming couplets. That's fine, and actually, she did sing extremely she, well. She was. She but was really. She good, was another yeah. one that was useless. Yeah, as a character. It didn't add anything. You see, for me, when the prince bit the apple, if she'd have come out and said a different part that would have changed the story by announcing something at that point, something you know profound or whatever that would have helped, mm. but there was nothing. It was just like, oh, the prince has bit the apple. Oh, and I'm, I'd like to say I could make that better, but that's what it felt like. It was like, oh, the prince is lying on the floor and he's, he's a bit the apple. And it was like the speed of that happening, the prince literally walked in, took the app off the old lady, bit the apple and he was on the floor. He, he didn't even interact really apart from that bit. It's like he did it and that was it. Yeah, and there was no like it's behind you, those like, no. um, those typical panto things you there know. was there oh, was no it is and oh yes well, they, it is and they, stuff like that they sort yeah. of they almost threw them away because there What's was like, shall i eat this apple you know do you know what yeah, i mean yeah exactly uh, shall i boys and girls yeah. you know, shall i shall i everybody it was none of that well was there, was, just... there was a little bit of it but it was only like the once and yeah uh, but then it, it, it was as if oh let's just move it on and, and i'll eat it anyway it on. And, and it was like even fate at one point really sort of wound me up a little bit because there was a bit where everybody started booing the evil queen blah 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 and she almost said we haven't got time for that and like poo-pooed the idea of mm. we need to do the boo scene where everybody boos them oh no we'd i'm the evil queen no you're not it's all there was none of that it just it, felt it like we'll of... just throw it away because we've got to move on we've got 45 minutes for this half 45 minutes for the second half and you just feel like <laughs> Yeah, that's it, yeah. And it's like, we've got to get through that, so we'll chuck away all the bits of a whole traditional, full-on, good belly laugh of a panto to get through the storyline, which yeah, was, was, was non-evident, you know. If we stay on any longer. Yeah, that was And that's, evident. again, that's like chucking away or shutting the door towards the audience, like, we don't want your participation. It's like, you know, we want you here, but we don't want you here. You we know, want your money. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, the other thing I'd want to say, writing-wise, is I do feel this panto was written with insert place name here, or insert local reference here in the sense of you could take this this panto anywhere and there's not been a lot of cleverness of writing to actually include it as a, a piece of panto that's local and rips into local culture. It, there was no cleverness in it, it was just... I think that stems down to the fact that this is a big production company 
yeah. that produces the same carbon copy in each district yeah. with uh, certain celebrity people yeah, in there. And I think that's why they do it, whereas um, your homegrown ones from like uh, Nottingham Playhouse or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. any kind of playhouse that they write their own, they can go to town a bit more and they take on more care of, of it as well. Yeah. You know? Whereas this does feel a bit uh, slapdash and... Uh... Well, it feels like one of the ones where you can... There's, there's plenty of websites out there where you can download Panto scripts and pay a certain amount of money and you can do this yourself. You can literally fill in the place names. You know, it's already there. There's stuff out there well, already. And this feels very much the same way, you know, and I think by having a comedian involved in the production and then getting them involved in writing, it's almost like the production company have just passed the script over and gone, just fill the bits in. Mm. And it's like, and that's what it feels like. It feels more manufactured than it does actually giving it the time to be a panto that is funny and people remember. Because it took us a while to remember how this went. To be fair, well, it's just a production line, isn't it, with revolving doors? That's yeah, who's coming in? And, yeah, because already they've announced next year's production with Shane Ritchie. That's, that's already on this yeah. year. Already on somewhere else. Yeah, so Shane Ritchie's performing in Dick Whittington in another part of the country to this year, and all they're doing is moving that production here. So my thoughts are they'll be doing a very similar thing to what we've seen today, where it's literally the same star who's already done it in another location and just plonking them into this this location. And for me, I suppose this is something that I've realised from now I've been to see this one at Nottingham Theatre Royal. It's low risk for the theatre because the production company are responsible for providing the panto. So it's, it's a no-brainer for a theatre owner because mm. you just let them get on with it. I'd be interested to know how big the actual rehearsal time is and the, the time they've spent actually putting this together because I do know Faye's done this role I've been Eva Queen Lucretia before and she's done this production before so I think it just feels like it, it needed waking up and it was a, it was getting a bit it was tired you know and I, I must that... say I want to give a shout out to Faye actually because I thought she was brilliant she was as Queen Lucretia you know she gave so much energy and um, evilness and um, her screeches and the way she just held the stage and uh, her whole stage presence, you know, it's uh, just brilliant. And I, all these little steps, yeah. references, you oh, know, God, great. Yeah, definitely. And, and for the fact that she sang a few of the songs as well, yeah, really good. It I was think, upbeat. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, the production as a whole didn't feel like an ensemble piece. It felt more like individuals performing in a panto. Yeah. And then that's what my experience of pantos, I've seen them from some of the greats and I've seen some of the small pantos, big pantos and the big stars. I've seen... Things from Danny LaRue to Biggins to Little and Large. I've seen the Crankies. I've seen, I've seen everything. Those performers and you know Brian Connolly, that is seasoned panto performer, and I've seen Ken Dodd. I've seen, I've seen all those performers that I've seen them work a panto to the point where they'll stop it. Everybody knows the lines. Everybody knows what's happening, but they'll stop it mid-production or big performance and just break it down or make the cast crack up or work with each other when they're all on stage stood there knowing they've got to move the panto on but they're all just having fun with it because they've all spent time on it to actually just have a laugh and just break each other and you know where there'll be a dancer stood at the back there was a little bit of that we saw some of that with, with yeah, Joe Pasquale say, today yeah. in the panto really he tried to get one of the uh, the, the back his backing singers yes. shall we say to um what, what, like a turkey or something? It was, something, what, it was, or, it was yeah, yeah, it was do giblets. The giblets, that's it, yeah, yeah, And break him by basically 
And break Faye as well. Break, break yeah, Faye as well by, by basically stopping. So you saw, the thing is, we saw glimpses of what happens in a panto. Yeah. But I don't think it went far enough because they were well, almost it, like the, the clock was ticking. Yeah, it never and happened it, to the other people. It was it was as if, like, Joe and Faye could get, like, a free pass at uh, yeah, doing like that. When they're on could, stage, yeah, they can do it. Yes. But we haven't got time for everybody else to do it. I don't we? even think David uh, Robbins, uh, who did uh, Mrs. Nelly Nightness, the dame, I'm not quite sure if he... He managed to get away. No, with and that. I felt like he, I can't remember he, he now. Did, he, he would have done. Being he had dame, presence because of what he was wearing, but, but I think he was overshadowed. He, he, in, yeah, he's in, right, in, exactly. With the actual the gags and the yeah. loudness of of stuff yeah. by having muddles. Totally. Yeah. Because as if muddles should have been like the buttons. You yeah, know, the, definitely. The nice little you know school. Yeah, he's guy well. He's, he's, the, he's the Norman Wisdom. He's the silly man. It's the person that's like. He's the Charlie Chaplin. Is the is the person that's always a bit of a a prat. But yeah. it's like it's you've got to he's play like a up good to guy. that. Yeah. yeah, there's always a good intention, but he's a bit clumsy with it, and he's a bit this, and he's you know he's always the one that you but know. But then again, I suppose if you're going to book Joe Pasquale, you know why have a dame at all? Because they're just going to be under his shadow anyway. Yeah. You or know. you need a a, a, dame, a dame that's at the same level. Yeah. That can can match that because I, then yeah. your performance becomes a tennis match rather than a a one sided performance. I think know. had. The uh, the dame, shall we say, been famous also. Yes. I think that would have probably evened things out a little bit in terms of that character. Yes, But definitely. then it still would have overshadowed the whole point of uh, the prince and the fairy. Yes, exactly. You know, because... Yeah, you can't they get were, away from that. Those, because those, you know. I, I think the plot, as we said, fudged Prince William. Uh, yeah. I hate him saying his name, but why would you call him Prince William? But anyway, fudged that character and also the fairy didn't have that much to do in yeah. terms of the narrating so i mean uh, one thing i did the next I suppose the next thing i'd like to talk about is the scene in the wood the evil queen hypnotized muddles and the dame to actually be zombies to go and kill snow white in the woods yeah. and <laughs> i'm talking quite flatly because i was very disappointed by this scene can I just interject? Yeah. The thing I liked about that particular scene was the fact that the dame actually got changed. So she yeah. zombified, but she still ended up getting changed. Walking off stage <laughs> and coming back on with a different costume. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that, that was funny. That was, that was a good And bit. that was a quick funny moment. But I think that was the yeah, only That was probably about yeah. it. And then, obviously, Snow White walked into the forest, questionably, with two zombies. What was she which... doing there? They, was they, she, they were going to kill her in the woods. Yes, but why was she wandering around in why the woods? Why would she go with them What's anyway? Her modus operandi for being in the woods. We're going the for a picnic. Was she going for, they went for a in picnic. Night, at the night. Yeah, they went for a picnic in the forbidden woods. Apparently, okay. Oh, or was she going? No, to... they said picnic. We're going for a picnic. They they actually specifically said we're going for a picnic. They were. Yeah, she was as well. With oh, them. she was. Yeah, with them because that's what they were. Going oh, so to do. it wasn't a night scene. Well, it, it, who knows? Because the way it was put, it was like it was just—it was a tab that was dropped in. Has that she was found just a the, few woods. Has she been to the little dwarf's uh, cottage yet? No, this no, is actually not, not there yet. Before, no, before okay. that, before that. It's so all basically, blowing my mind. You we, know. The, we're week. talking more than actually how long it happened on stage <laughs> at the moment. Oh. Um, Dear me. So the zombies took Snow White for a picnic in the wood, as you do. As you do, yeah. Um, and Snow White announced to the audience, I think these two are zombies and they need to be woken up because they keep making me feel uncomfortable. And then they said, everybody needs to shout, wake up. Yeah. Everybody shouted, wake up once. And then that was And it, the yeah. zombies woke up. 
Why didn't they try to chase her? Or why didn't she question it when they tried to, like, you know, strangle her or something? There was, like, there was no I moment mean, of walking kids, across but... stage and every time she turned behind her, they were there or they stopped or there was none of those moments of, That like, would have been it's behind it you It was the tiptoes of, like, tiptoeing away from them, yeah. her turning around and them stop. It's a bit like chase yeah. me and it's like, oh, they can't quite hear you yet. You need to shout louder. There was none of those, like, making it last longer... So yeah. the kids were jumping out of the chairs. I'll be honest, I didn't see any kids jump out of the chairs because they were, they, they were already awake and there was no shouting, oh, no, they're going to get you, they're going to get you. There was none of that. Do you wonder because it wasn't exactly sold out? Do you think well, no, I don't. there was a lot of kids in there and I think it was not just that. We're on a time limit. We've got to do the scene, yeah, move on. We haven't got time, 10 o'clock, move on. Half past. <laughs> and so the zombies woke up. They didn't kill Snow White. Snow White then went off deeper into the woods to get away from them. And then she she met... Oh, she went with Muddles. She probably went into the woods just to get a bit of a hook-up with someone. Well, who knows? But she went with Muddles and they found the house. Conveniently. Conveniently found the house. Very conveniently. So they went cottaging. They went, yeah, they went <laughs> cottaging in the house. Yeah. And they fell asleep. Qu- so quickly. So quickly. Well. It was all, all happening really quick, this was. The dwarves stood at the front, did hi-ho again, which we seem to be repeating a lot. A lot. They go, went into the house, found Snow White, bless him, the actual dwarves, they turned up, but I did feel like they were just there for the aesthetics of the poetry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like they'd spent they enough time it. to be mm. part of it. And I was very disappointed, really, because I thought they could have done more Well, they never went them. upstairs. No, they never I used... They had like this whole beautiful set my bed. Of, uh, of Snow White's... Of, of the Seven Dwarves' house. It looks nicer than my house. And it was almost thrown away. It was like, well, we've done it now. We've, we've done that scene. Yeah. They found Snow White in the bed. We'll leave the house now. I mean... Stephen's got a bit of a bugbear about the house. I know that with the door and the entrances and stuff like that. Oh, they creep around to go into the door. To and get what, into the house. To get into the house. Yeah, we can believe that. Then all of a sudden, it's off, off we've got to go. And then they don't even go out of the door that they went into. They just went off, off stage. stage. And if you heard my, me talking about Neville's Island, this is exactly the same sort of time, time when we talk about leaving stage to, to yeah, leave go, an island. Go back a couple it's, of episodes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, I just odd. think that uh, <laughs> I mean we're next moving on to another scene that I've just found completely pointless. But this is um, oh I'm really oh going is this for, the car one? Yes, this is the car. Um, so so we leave the house because we're going to we're going to travel back to the kingdom, back to the castle. Oh yeah, and no, it, it was a, after the it's, af- it's night sky, isn't it? Yeah. So we 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 go to the we go to the so the forbidden forest. So we do the forbidden forest. We do the, nice. the Snow White Snow White's house. The forbidden, it, for- yeah. forbidden forest. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, because we've got forbidden forest, and then it's a cottage with the magnificent. And back to seven, the forbidden forest. Yeah. Which again, which the is, cottage of the magnificent seven. Yeah. And we were picking up magnificent seven what. Yeah, exactly. Why don't they say dwarves? Because you've actually got it advertised as dwarves. So you're not it allowed to say really dwarves. It was really surreal. It was like, it felt like yeah. strange. We've we've printed it on the poster, however, we've not mentioned it in the production. And I think and it it's was a like, bit like we, it was confusing. And it's when we say, again, underusing of, the, of uh, the dwarves, right? But who was who? Who was sleepy? Who was bashful? Well, they Did... gave them all different names. They didn't use, do Why? those names because Disney. Even though we can sing Hi Ho. Hi Ho. Which is a Disney song. Oh, wait, is Snow White actually a Disney thing or is it actually no, a, it's fairy a, it's a No, it's a fairy tale. So, so Disney who... of Capital. It was the first Disney film that was made as yeah, an no, animation. Yeah, no, I get that. But, but it was previously, based... it was an actual. It's and based were on any a fairy of tale. the dwarfs in, in the fairy tale? No. 
No, so it'll be the names. So they're so yeah. they're okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So we we go back to the Forbidden Forest, i.e., the tab comes back in. I know through a lot of pantos that I've seen, this is the scene where there's normally a big scene change behind that tabs because they've got to get the house off, they've got to move everything off, and get ready for act two as well. Space. What would normally happen at this point? they would normally do a a scene where a little bit like it's behind you where you'd have a where if we're in the forbidden forest at night there might be a ghost in the forest or something yeah. where it's spooky it's just bat spooky. we're gonna yeah. what we're gonna do is before we walk back we're gonna sit on this bench and we're gonna sit there on this bench and just have a little sleep before we walk back because we're all tired you know yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever and then what we do is with the the cast would sit there and they'd all talk to each other, they'd all fall asleep, and then a ghost would walk past. And, and then the, ki- the kids would then be shouting, it's behind you, there's something there, you know, and then one of them would wake up and then they'd follow that ghost around. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, they didn't really do that. We had a bit of a, just a bit of a chat off st- on stage with the dame. Well, the dame and the dame and the dame and Snow White had a bit of a chat. And then we announced that, oh, M- Muddles is going to drive his car home to the. Oh, see, that's another part of the plot. Where were they going? They were going back to the kingdom, home. back to the castle. So, so going from the Forbidden Forest back to the castle. So they walk from the castle into the yeah. forest and then all of a sudden... Because fa- Snow White was going to stay there but she was going to wave them off. Yeah. They've gone cottaging, yeah. walking there. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's this random car that's his that he's yeah. left. But he doesn't take everybody in the car. Selfish. Just himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, and, he, it's Jay Pasquale. He's yeah. got to have the. Uh, well, he's got a red sports thing. car. I didn't yeah. even think they had red sports cars in Pantoland. In a, you know, I think you've the, answered yourself there. It's Pantoland. They can probably have anything if they can have singing snakes and uh, rabbits and monkeys. Yeah, and all this kind I know, of but I just it, it didn't. I think when there's no reference to it at all throughout the whole. And what show, I said, and which we haven't actually said, Jay Pasquale's entrance. He came in with an automated like um, toilet. A, yeah. And he went around toilet on wheels okay, his own yeah. throne like a mobility got his own throne yeah like a mobility scooter that's basically a toilet so his own throne why didn't he have a bigger one of those with headlights on yeah, that, that flew he, that flew that he actually was sitting in the toilet because that wasn't available at, at the warehouse that they were using it they'd all got a car ready see if you made it yourself it would have made sense you know but that's where the attention paid to we've got this effect yeah, yeah. available yeah we need to use it somewhere in the country yeah. We've got 20 productions on, so let's use it at, Dar- at Nottingham because yeah. they haven't got many performers in it, so let's just chuck this automatic, this flying car in it. And that's, yeah. that's what it felt like. That was just bizarre. It and was. It, it, I think they've probably just taken bits out of Back to the Future. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, look, there's a car I've... that does us. Oh, oh we I know will... we can get you this on the cheap. This is like the prototype. Well, I'll be... I'll be I'll... Be covering in a forthcoming production. I'm going to a forthcoming podcast. I'm going to be covering Back to Future because I've seen it, and I'll tell you now, it was a very similar point in the production to actually have the car scene happen and on stage in the in a similar way. Done a hell hell of a lot better and a hundred times better, but that that was the same principle 
at the same point. But again, it sort of didn't need that. No, it was wasted. We were wasting time on that rather than working with the audience. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was so like, oh, just a bit of we're a flying, in the, flying above the audience and we're in a car and I'm waving. And but it's... They should have actually scrapped that and let's have some um, detail about the Prince William. What is he up to? Do you well, know exactly. what I mean? What's, what's his wants and needs? Yeah, yeah. Where is he right now? Where's he, he from? Is he sitting on his throne, pining for him. Snow White? Where's his backstory We didn't see here? him playing on his PS4 while Exa- he was back at home, you know. Exactly, ordering a KFC family bucket. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Was that Kingdom for Chicken? Probably. Yeah, could yeah. be, couldn't it? Yeah. Or the Panto there, Yeah, maybe. exactly. I don't know. Anyway. My kingdom for a chicken. Yeah, let's not kick the bucket. Right, moving on. To the second half. <laughs> to the second half, exactly. Yeah. And we're back in the Prince's Forest camp. Oh, do you know what? I can't remember any of this, but what I would we've say... We've almost covered some of it because we've talked about the apple. Was there? I think there was an ending of Act 1 where did Faye sing some step song or was that... No, it was the car. That was it. Oh, was it? That's the night sky. That because Faye, did, she did sing a uh, step song, but then she sang another one when it was uh, in her laboratory because she yeah, was singing she um, one of her latest singles. Scared of the Dark. That's the one, Scared yeah. of the Dark. Yeah, yeah. I thought that she did another one. It was a re- rewritten scared version of Scared of the Dark. I mean, all, all that was great, to be honest. It felt like everything was being wrapped up pretty quickly. But again, it all seemed to be a lot of fart jokes and a lot of uh, yeah. Joe Pasquale arsing about a bit too much where you could have actually enticed the audience well particularly the kids to to uh, get involved one of the great scenes i particularly enjoyed about this and i think it was in the second half possibly is um when they were talking about uh again i think it was toilet humor and being a bit windy yeah they they sang a lot of um they had musical music clips of songs which yes. referenced any like toilet gags or fart gags or stuff like that. Yeah, it was all the the, the you know let it go. It was yeah. um, it was all wind related things. Pretty much, that, yeah. You know. And also, I think they replayed it as well when they were talking about hello. Is it me you're looking for? Yes. And all that like yeah, introduction. It was thing. almost adding to the dialogue of I've seen that done with other things where yeah. almost very drag performance where they're they're picking a phone up and somebody else is speaking and then somebody else is speaking very or if well it, put together, you know and just as a retort or replying to someone, it would be like a musical lyric yes, or a musical yeah, song. Yeah, yeah the recognisable one as well. So I mean that that was quite fun. Um, in terms of the uh, the costume, I thought they were all pretty much well done and made and whatever. I, I thought, do think I thought Faze, oh, well, it, well, I was going to go there, but I thought Faze was probably the best one. He was, yeah. You know, that was the nicest uh, looking one. It was the most opulent, I suppose, you know, in, in design. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, the day Mrs. Nelly, night nurse, she had some really good, fun costumes yeah, coming out did. all the yeah, time. Yeah, she did. Were, yeah, yeah. And I think he makes them himself, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, but I think what you were going to go on to is what I was going to leave to last is just Joe Pasquale's costume was I don't know now. whose decision it was but I just felt that the traditional costume of the the silly funny man the jester almost I just felt like they'd give him a costume that had been kicked around the floor a bit yeah it, it felt like just it right. felt faded and and a bit like is that this was Ooh, what was that left? reminds me of a scene in the first act oh yeah they bring out the uh, what the, the truth, truck truth, the truth tr- trunk of truth trunk of truth and uh, whenever they were talking or singing, oh, I can't remember what it was. This was an attempt to do a silly scene, a bit like the slapstick scenes with the wallpaper where you're climbing up the stairs, the 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 like the, the, the custard pie scenes. It was one of those type of silly scenes yeah. that's meant to make the audience enjoy it and laugh and and. 
it made no sense. No, because what it ended up doing was just ripping the clothes off Joe Pasquale one by one straight yeah, into it was the trunk. A, and I don't yeah. understand why they did that. And yeah, was wearing all, like, a, a nude bodysuit le- underneath sort of thing. And it was every time something was sung, he lost an item of clothing. Which, you know, you could probably say it was clever. However, it wasn't the clever. trunk was of crass. truth made no sense. Truth about what? Because there was no build-up. And this is where the writing came in. We were like... Why is the trunk of truth here? It's just to see what for is the it sake giving of... away, and what does it change the story? Because it didn't. I don't it didn't know what change it anything. You know, it wasn't like Pinocchio when his nose gets bigger. He was giving away lies that then changed the story. He was he was lying, and it changed the story. Yeah, it wasn't it even was a scene for nothing. a reaction of no. what was going on in the plot. It made no sense because, in a way, it was probably done too early because it was actually right close to the start of the production. Yeah. It wasn't like in the second half where it could have been... It was just almost, why? What were we doing it for? Yeah, no. I don't have a clue on that one. Oh, there was a bit with the stall. I'll be honest, I wasn't as impressed as Stephen was. Stephen's never seen that this, this actual act happen, really. No, well, I know the gag, yeah. but I wasn't expecting it. That's, that's yeah. what got yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, oh, right, okay, it happened. Otherwise, it was like, I didn't understand why just one random stool came out and then he just sat there. Yeah, again, it was like the car scene. You know, for me, if they'd have written it better, they could have said, he's getting ready for the for the final, for the wedding. So he's going to sit at his, sit at the, do his, do his makeup. They could have even made it silly and had mm. a, a makeup desk with that chair, that stool there to do something yes, with, you it. know. It, bit forced. It, it was, but it Shoe was just in. the chair in the middle of the room with nothing else around it, and it mm. just like and, or they could have had three stools made that matched, and one of them did that, yeah, and the other two didn't, mm. and then the 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 dame and, and Snow White could, could have, have been involved, down. and yeah. and it was only him that got it, and it was there. That was the level. It we just felt like I'll do this gag because it's funny rather than it feeling like it's part of the the whole. Mm. And I think this is the trouble with this pantomime. It's very difficult to pin down what was right about it. Yeah. Certain people have found it hilarious and great, but because we're sort of more refined at picking out problems and issues and seeing stuff, it's it's quite grating. But then there were some good elements in it, which I did find entertaining. Yeah, definitely. I just think it just felt lazy as a whole piece. And uh, I think when I've... I've probably been scarred... Not scarred, but I think I've... I've probably seen a lot of productions. Maybe you scarred now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you scarred you now. It's that cool. But I think that doing a panto is an art form. Doing comedy productions, doing anything farcical on stage is a fine line and a fine art where you have to perform and you have to make it funny mm. and don't patronise the audience. You know, there's ways to do two different levels of comedy. You can be slapstick and silly. And then you can also say a line that the kids don't understand is funny, but the audience, the adults are pissing themselves. And, but the and kids then, will laugh because the adults are laughing. Yeah. Because they and don't want to feel but, like they don't But get it the doesn't, it, it's never crude and it's never rude. It points fingers at rudeness or silliness or funny, but they don't have to say it because the the audience filled the gaps in. And, it, and I think it's almost like doing a, a watered down, sanitized version of a panto that. You know, I've seen mm. I've seen things where you've got famous people on stage where, you know, Brian Connolly used to have a, a TV series where he used to do this is just an example of what 
I'm used to where they've they've integrated a a performer who had a, a long-standing TV show where he had a character called Dangerous Brian that used to that used to save the day, but it was always fake. He always used to trip over things, or he used to break things, or he used to like cause mayhem. But they'd do things where they wouldn't tell you he was ever going to be on stage because you thought it was just going to be Brian Connolly on stage as Buttons or as this or as that as the other. And they'd go, I know, I'll go and get somebody to help to solve this problem on stage. And he'd come back out as Dangerous Brian. They'd have a whole set set up to be a stupid scene that was to basically probably, I don't know, get the glass slipper to Cinderella. Mm. But it'd be him causing mayhem on stage and then he'd go off stage the other side and come back out as buttons and they didn't they did did it but it was integrated in a way that felt like it was part of it unlike just having bringing a stool out and spinning around it and and it having mm. a gag it was whole they made an effort to yeah fully integrate something and you know and i think that's where this just felt lazy. It felt there wasn't much slapstick, was there? None. No, not no scene. <laughs> they 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 wasted. That's the whole point of this. You've got to the physical comedy is just as important as what's written. Mm. And I just felt like you know it did feel too much like a, a Jay Pasquale stand up. Yeah, yeah. It, and I think this is just typical of these kind of um, mass manufactured or produced um, productions. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like. Uh, it sort of loses spark. Well, it ticks a box. It's a panto. Yeah. It's on every year, and it's like you know. And I do feel a little disappointed because, a the year following, COVID and, um, all the, the you know the venues that have been shut and the final time the 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 best time for people to want a lift and want to see a show that's really good and enjoy it, and I feel like they've almost wasted an opportunity to create theatre when they've got less restrictions to worry about and they can actually do a show and perform it. Mm. And I just feel that this was, you know, it was just wasted a little bit. However, some people found it entertaining. Yeah, you know, totally. And, um, maybe you saw it and you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it. I'd say I enjoyed it, but... It, uh, one thing that really aggravated me, seeing the mirror come out at the very start was fun. Seeing it again, thought, okay, yeah, Fair enough. Yeah. But then fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, yeah. until the very end, I thought, oh, just turn it off now. I'm done with it. I know. And we saw it when there was a sign language interpreter. And with this mirror being fully erected and out there on show, you couldn't see her if you was on the left side of the auditorium. And Stop. also you couldn't see anybody who was performing on that side of the stage. No, the, the, completely the stage blocked. Because of this damn mirror. Had it been at the back, then that would have been worked fine because you're sort of out the way, you can actually see it. But the thing is, nothing came up this, no. from the stage, from from beneath. And nothing necessarily came on and clogged the space anyway. So it still could have happened and come up. No, but also from a directoral point of view, I felt that nobody thought that if Faye stands next to the mirror stage left that time, yeah. why can't she stand stage right the next yeah, time yeah, and exactly. alternate? So at least 50% of the performance, you see Faye next on to a mirror yeah, yeah. wherever you sit. I know we may have been on the side of the, the stalls to actually watch this, but we would have only needed to be in a little bit more and we still would have had a restriction. It wouldn't just it wasn't just where we were sat. Yeah, our seats weren't restricted the, the, seats, so no. we need money back for that. It really. was just, you know... But, 
I think, think I think it. it's I think also what I'd like to say is when that mirror appeared, the way its hydraulics were built, it came up, it rotated, and we had to wait for it to rotate fully around one revolution yeah. while the smoke machine was going. And it got to the point where you're like, I'm waiting now. And I'm waiting. Yeah, get on with it. And I'm waiting. And it just felt, oh, it's coming up again. It's like, it didn't feel like, oh, it's exciting. It just felt, you know, to be honest, it didn't need to revolve because for me, if it had just shut up out of the floor, it would have been enough. Yeah. It's impressive enough to just appear and it doesn't need to do all that pump every time anyway. One it of would my have been quicker to load up a Commodore 64 game. Yeah, it would. I mean, one of my one of my comments that I'd say is I wouldn't say it was that exciting. The actual choice of avatar, shall we say, that they used they used the golem looking goblin to be the face of the mirror, which looked like something out of Lord of the Rings or it was an old Game Towers Thrones. reject. Yeah, it was an old Towers reject. But also, when anymore. it was speaking, so that it didn't seem to be catching up with the words, it would have been better off to use a face of somebody to say those words rather than it being this weird computer-generated... It was actually quite a scary vision where, when you imagine a mirror, it didn't feel like the face was in the mirror or in glass. It just felt like a computer-generated image on top of a video file. It didn't feel like it was pushed through the mirror. So when the evil Queen Lucretia got trapped in the mirror, we saw a real person get trapped in the mirror mm -hmm. and she was trapped in the mirror. So it was really weird when they could do it for Faye, but why couldn't they have done it it's for somebody else? because one's a 2D image and one's a, a 3D thing and had they had made the 2D image more 3D and it's all down to the lighting it just as well, felt blended didn't feel blended did when it when we was yeah. in there when they used the stage lighting of uh, pink and blue I said to you when we sat down everything felt like 3D or yeah, double yeah, exactly. exposed yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's just me it was playing at, with your eyes a well that's bit, not yeah. me looking at the stage that's me actually looking at the audience members because yeah, it just definitely. made everything look a bit weird and 3D and of I was course. in some sort of like virtual reality thing yeah whereas it didn't come across in that way it, it, yeah, I think it was just I think it was another effect that with stuff like this, you've in a way for for pantos, in my view, you've got a freedom to use a lot of effects and a lot of as many effects as you want because oh, yeah. you know that's the whole point. It's amazing to do that. Yeah, they did a um, a night scene and they did a dance, didn't they? For it yeah. was it was just after the laboratory when we're talking about the scared of the dark thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had the fluorescent um, the fluorescent tube in piping now, that goes on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they ended up um, doing it a little bit, and then the rest of the dance seemed to be in normal lighting. Well, it would have been better had they have just kept that whole thing dark. Yeah, totally. Because it just made everything just look stupid and, and when the lights came exactly. back on again. Because you could actually see the people with these the fluorescent tubings on. Or yeah. costumes and, or and also, I mean, I say you can throw anything at it, but you've still got to make it make sense. And you can. You, you think know, that would be an easy thing? You to would. Do. You would when I mean, you've cheap. got when you've almost got. You can use all the things you wouldn't use in traditional theatre where you you have to restrict yourself. Whereas this, you can go a bit mad, mm. and and even then, I find some people make weird decisions and it's just like yeah you know you've got i just think that it, it you know tech i know we've moved on to technical bits now but it's just i think this is going to have to just, be just one great big blob for this i think one. yeah i think there's only one way you can do this i think you know this is this is just a way that with theater you've just got to you've got to know when to rein it in and you've got to know when to work with these things you know like when the mirror was introducing itself every time i felt like 
the the cast were almost standing there tapping the watchers, like waiting to see. Oh, it's coming! It's the, we'll be there in a minute. It's going to yeah. say it's bit. It's a toilet um, break. They can go. You felt a, like go out for a fag. Well, the ones that were standing at the front were like standing on stage. Were almost like it's coming! It's coming! It's wait coming! For wait it. for it! Wait, not it. just yet. Yeah, not, not just, just yet. Like, and it, yeah, and yeah, I think that they those those moments that. I think it just added to the the whole yeah because production the pyrotechnics that like the, the fireworks stuff that went out at the very beginning that was to get your attention and it's like oh something magical is happening yeah but they never used the pyrotechnics uh, for the others did no. they so it no. came back out but one of uh, the technical things they did have was the ice machine yeah and in one uh, a couple actually a couple of scenes I think it was a musical scenes where the ice. Um, the fog, Low fog ice the fog machine. just came all the way over the front of the audience where they started choking. Yeah. <laughs> they were like yeah. proper gagging and, and they couldn't see what was going the, on. Flooded the audience with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They had a bit too much going on there or released too much, but it was, uh, it was certainly engulfed. I the, just think uh, it had all the, the scenes of it. It had all the scenes of the panto. It in ticked those order. boxes in a weird, a bit of a weird order, but. You got your traditional wedding at the end, and but it all just felt like oh, okay. It felt like we were watching a play where um, it kept buffering. Yeah, certain scenes hadn't been finished, and then some no, bits were. But you a bit got a like glimpse a of them. You got to see them, so you knew yeah. that that was the next scene. Certain but... scenes or bits were missing, and then we got the wedding. But you and got we're the singing the steps medley, which you know yeah. Faye's great at that. She's a brilliant performer, but. You know, I've seen her in Singing in the Rain. I've seen her in Tell Me on a Sunday. I've seen her do real, solid theatre performances. So this, mm. it's not the first time I've seen Faye do theatre, so it didn't surprise me that she was good at what she did. I just think as an ensemble cast, they needed to work on a lot more of them and their time together to actually make it a coherent panto and a coherent piece of theatre, really. Mm. I do wonder if... Um, because obviously pantos go on a fair fair bit, don't they? Um, if the other characters felt, well, the actors felt like um, I can't really excel in this character because there's it's lacking material. Yeah, especially when yeah, you exactly. do have overshadowing I felt like, characters. I just felt like they were going through the motions a little bit. Yeah. In. I mean, the other thing I'd probably say is I'd, I'd, I'd would like to question how much rehearsal time they had mm. and how much direction they had because mm. it feels to me like it was directed and rehearsed quick and they had to learn while they were doing it. Yeah. It was almost like, well, you almost know your lines, so just get on with it and mm. do it and tick the box. Yeah. And, and I felt like it was... Did they, are they given any notes per production, or does the director pop in to more the other productions that are happening across the country? Mm. Are they just ticking it over, making sure that each one's happy, yeah. leaving them to self-direct a little bit because they're all what good performers and they've done it before, without reining it in and and tightening it up. Yeah. You don't know. For me, it just felt like has enough attention been spent prior to the actual performance mm. or are they just learning as they go along you know 
And I think that might have... Bugger only knows. Well, who knows? Instance. Who knows? But I think that's something that yeah. you, you could probably question that... If you, you wanted know, to go that far. If you wanted far, to go yeah. that deep, that, that yeah. where, where the, you know... I think with the, uh, the, the, the one scene that I found that actually lifted the energy of the cast and saw them all work together was the scene just before the wedding which was at the wrong place because it actually came right at the end of the production. That was a slapstick medley. It was the, wasn't finally it? we saw a slapstick medley where everybody had a different job. They sang a song. What would I do and, if I weren't in Panto? Yeah, I'd be a police I'd officer. I'd be a and... police officer or I'd be a, a cook or I'd be this or I'd be that. And, the, and they all had different actions. And it was, as as they did actions, everybody missed each other, but they were all very close to each other. It was a, it was a standard Panto routine I've seen yeah. before. And... Whilst it's very clever. Joe Pasquale, the, the models. Yeah, and then yeah. it actually breaks down where actually they end up yeah. hitting Joe Pasquale and he gets so, in the wrong yeah. place. And, and and it's all a bit of a slapstick funny, you know, every time something moves. But it was right before the wedding, so they could get the same scene ready for the wedding scene. So yeah. the, they were in front of the tabs. But that was the only point I saw the four members of the cast, the Dame, the Prince, um, Joe Pasquale and, and Faye, yeah. all enjoy it and have fun and showed that they were all enjoying a team performance. And it, it felt, and finally, like what we wanted all the way through the production. Even though I loved it, the whole uh, slapstick of it, it still lacked the fairy again. It did, Why yeah. wasn't she involved? Why she wasn't could have Snow done White involved? Exactly. You know? I mean, a baby could have understood Snow White not being involved if she's the understudy that hasn't... That only well, she, would in last have minute, unders- she would have still... Understudied. understudied. She would have understood... She would have understood... Understood. The understudy role yeah, of understanding true, yeah, the performance. No, no, no fair it. point. Yeah, fair point. Thank you. I do try and make them. So, there's two characters there which could have been involved there yeah. and they decided not to. No, but I can't see how, if the prince has got to get into the wedding costume, how we have the Snow White couldn't have got into her costume yeah. in the same amount of time. And the dame as well. And the dame That's the same. They still had change. to make massive costume changes. So, they weren't in the point where they all had to get off and get changed. And in that respect, if they'd have all been involved, for them to then do a costume change, you could have brought in the Seven Dwarves to do a little stint. Yeah. Something, something, yeah, yeah, to cover their yeah, uh, just not high ho, <laughs> yeah, just not that one again. Bye ho, yeah, bye ho, bye ho. It's yeah, it's exactly. Off, it's after the wedding you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was just the wrong place of the scene. If that had been in the first half early on, instead of the stupid truth trunk, we might have had a different performance from them all because we'd have had a more positive enjoyable performance from all of them because their energy would have been up because they'd lift their own energies up as a team and that's the, yeah that's what would have helped yeah i agree there right then let's just move on now to our final segment where we say call this a show now i suppose we're gonna to have to uh, rate this and give our little review okay. or re- review rewind i shall say so let's start let's start off with which bit of this panto would you see again if you were willing to pay to see it it's gonna only have to be the if i weren't in panto land scene because that was the only bit that actually felt full of energy i definitely see that scene yeah. again that's as soon as i saw it i thought more 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 but i, I actually felt um, the songs that Faye performed. Yeah, quite no, true. I mean, yeah, well, I'd, I'd, I'd do that. I mean, I think the laboratory scene was good as well, but, yeah. you know, I think, I'd, yeah. I don't think it was all that bad, but, yeah, no, I definitely yeah, would definitely. see that yeah, one yeah. again. Scores then, please, Richard, for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the fairest in the land and one being a bite of the poison apple. 
What's it going to be? Well, I'm going to say a five out of ten. Ooh. I can't believe you. Really? A five? Okay. I'm going for five out of ten because I have got there. quite a high standard when it comes to Pantos. Oh, and really? Oh, no, you haven't. Oh, yes, I have. Oh, no, you haven't. Oh, yes, I have. I had to slip that in because we went without. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. Oh, you have, you have, you have. <laughs> have you really? Yes, <laughs> okay. I have. Go on, then. Yeah, that's it. Done it. Oh, well, I thought you were going to uh, bang on more about it. No, um, I don't want to, really, because I, I suppose... <laughs> You've done enough. I've done enough, yeah. Okay. I'd probably say this is a seven and a half for me. Wow. Not brilliant. Oh, 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 oh. you're all right. No, you're allowed to. you an opinion. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you you think I can have an opinion, and it's valid. I think it's seven and a half because I actually did enjoy. Uh, I'd say what two thirds of it. Yeah. I thought there was definitely stuff you could work with. <laughs> yeah. There was a few it good jokes. Yeah. Know. No, it was it was all right. It was good. I I enjoyed. Uh, I, I enjoyed it and stuff so yeah so what sound effect will you be choosing from the following a complete train wreck tumbleweed an audible shrug of the shoulders uh-huh. a slow clap a pleasant applause or a standing ovation what will it be tumbleweed <laughs> I am being harsh today, but yeah, Ooh. tumbleweed. Only the biggest, baddest tumbleweed in all the land. <laughs> um, it's lost in the forbidden forest. I bet it is. I'll give it a pleasant applause. So there we are. That's our discussion of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing our second pantomime special episode, Dick Whittington. Rebus, a game called Malice. And the Beekeeper of Aleppo. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Dwarves. Is this like a mental hospital? Yeah, yeah. Snow the seven D wards. D wards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the other wards are four. Well, yeah. The D wards. We've got seven D wards because they've run out. Yeah.